Black Talk, a show where we discuss how current events are changing the way we view the Gospels, people, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and what each one of us can do about it. We thank you for joining Black Talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Today, we are here with Black Talk. Yes, again. And we have with us today, Jeffrey. Hey. Hey, girl, what's going on? Nothing. Getting ready for this 4th of July weekend. All right. You ready for it? No, I don't want to hear no more fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) No more fireworks? Not none. I'm sick of it. They've been doing it for the last two months. I'm ready for them to run out. I know that's right. Now, you know this episode isn't going to play until after the 4th of July. (laughs) No. Well, just know, my 4th, I was not ready. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) And again, we have Vanessa with us. Hey, Miss Vanessa, how's it going out there in Arizona? Uh, It's going pretty good. Got some clouds today it looks like it's gonna rain again but it's still pretty hot it's like 103 right now so we're everybody just chilling or either in the pool this is the best time to to get in the pool here is after the sun goes down because it's still hot but the sun's not beating down on you like that gotcha gotcha yeah so we do i'm doing good today very good very good and your host i'm dina and yes, I'm doing great today. A little tired today. You know, yeah. a little, mm-hmm. bit, it was nice out today. It was a little cooler than normal here. And uh, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. But we're right. not going to do a lot of chit-chatting today because we have a great subject that we're going to talk about today. Thing, this, this, this thing that we're going to talk about today, I believe, has affected most of America, probably most of the world, but Mm -hmm. we can only really kind of talk about what we see in terms of most of America. However, we're not even going to talk about most of America today. We're going to talk about it being personal, you know, we're going to bring this down to a, a personal level. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, on Black Talk, we are going to be discussing how the lockdown and the pandemic has played a major role on our mental and physical health. Yes. We're also going to yes. hopefully um, on the at the end of this, we can just kind of talk about what we can do about it. What are some of the things that we are doing to help ourselves come through this mental instability okay and this physical breakdown of our bodies so this is what we're going to talk about today and and it is a very heartfelt subject and it's a very serious subject so before we get started i'm gonna give out a crisis hotline number in the very beginning, and I'm also going to give that same number out in the end in case somebody misses it. For people who are really feeling 
um, depressed, overwhelmed, and feel like they really need to talk to somebody, and it's important that they talk to somebody quickly, there is a crisis center that is available to you 24 hours a day. It's a hotline number, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is one 800 273-8255. If you or someone you know is feeling like they need to talk to somebody, overwhelmed, or feeling depressed, please pass that number along. It could possibly save their life. What we have noticed is there's an uptick in people's attitudes in general. I mean... Many people seem to be more sad, more irritable, short-tempered, anxious, and physically ill. And I want to start by saying that God told Adam in the very beginning in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So from the beginning, God saw that Adam needed someone comparable to him, a trusted relationship that he could look to, communicate with, and share things with. That was so necessary. And without Mm -hmm. it, God saw it was not good for him. So that says to us that we need each other. We don't need to be six feet apart. We don't Mm -hmm. need masks on our face where we can't see one another. So, ladies, let's just get into talking about um, this lockdown and how it has affected you on a very personal level, mentally and physically. So, Vanessa, let's start with you. Okay. How? Okay, well... Mm-hmm. That's a. I'm. I'm really glad that we're having this conversation today, Dina. Um, because I, you know, this is a personal issue, and um, for me, and you know, I just think that it's a lot of people that's in the same uh, frame of mind that I am. Well, was in because I'm. I'm, I'm really just now starting to come out of it, and. Um, Okay, okay, well, stop, lot. stop, 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 because I can edit this, so we're going to start. Go ahead and do what you got to do with the dog. Yeah, I'm, I, was, I, was gonna, I wanted to mute it, but I'm just in the middle of talking. I right. What's wrong with these dogs? Because these ain't even my dogs barking. Okay, you stay in here. All right, hopefully they, these herd dogs and everybody gone. Okay, I apologize. That's okay. So we're going to start with, we're going to back up a little bit and just start with, you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. So ladies, let's talk about how this lockdown, okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. So, so ladies, let's talk about how this lockdown has affected you mentally and physically, not just the lockdown, but also the virus, how it has really affected you mentally and physically. So we're going to, Vanessa, let's start with you. Let's talk about 
what this has done to you on a mental and physical level, personally? Okay. Um, um, I really think that this is a great topic that um, a lot of people are having. And then at the same time, a lot of people aren't having. Um, as far as me, like, you know, I just, everything was cool, you know, prior to the COVID and the lockdowns and everything, you know, we were just pretty much living our lives. And, you know, of course, the economy was much better and things were a lot better. People were really just starting to feel like, you know, they were accomplishing things. And it wasn't as tough for us, you know, these past four years uh, due to the uh, former president, Donald Trump, being in office really kind of helped lift people out of a lot of poverty thinking and hopelessness because we had someone in the office that was, you know, making it a lot better in this country for everyone. Um, but when the lockdown happened, I think I handled it normally. You know, um, we were told that it was only going to last for a couple of weeks, you know, so I figured, okay, you know, I was kind of you know, I'm used to working every day or whatever, but I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, we got to stay home. We just have to stay home. But after it started going on and on and on, and my life changed drastically um, financially um, as well, which will automatically take a toll on your mental because now you're feeling like you're struggling. You know, you can't pay your bills, can't pay your rent and things like that. And so in, in my case, my anxiety started really bad. And I'm not really a, a person that has anxiety issues. Um, but, you know, doing this, this, this year of this pandemic, I found that, you know, my anxiety was like to the roof. You know, um, I hadn't had to worry about things, you know, as much as I found myself worrying about situations during this pandemic. So um, let, let me ask you real quick, um, because mm -hmm. I, I know that there are a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so when you say your anxiety kicked in, what are just some of the things without telling, you know, anything more personal than you want to tell? What are mm -hmm. some of the things that people can look to to say, you know what, I didn't notice that I had that. But mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that is. Mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. I'm dealing with well, you you kind of hit it on that on the on the nose um in the beginning of the podcast by saying you know the different symptoms of anxiety and uh one of them is irritability I found myself you know just being real short-tempered and you know feeling on edge um that 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 one word that most people uh suffer from in life is fear because you go from one one extreme to the other you know you go from you know being able to live comfortably and you know do the things that you're used to doing being out you know going to work things like that and that then and it was just like so quick you know we went from that to go in the house and sit down don't see anybody don't talk to anybody you know um so that 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 made me anxious it makes a lot of people anxious you know, when they're used to being productive and, you know, stuff like that. Um, also, you know, just the concern for people's health. You know, we have elderly parents, we have children, grandkids, you know, and the way that 
they were exposing the, the information to us regarding the coronavirus itself, it was like this invisible monster, mm-hmm. you know? So it kind of made people on edge, you know, um, people didn't want company at their house and, you know, you didn't want to be around anybody. And, you know, that can cause anxiety too, because if you're, we're social creatures, you know, and we're not used to being six feet apart from people and don't touch them and, you know, don't get close to them and things like that. So, you know, it just was affecting me in in different ways. You know, my, uh, some of my family still lives in Cleveland my mom and you know being so far away from her in during this time caused me to be anxious right you you know what i'm saying because i felt like she's way over there she's elderly you know and i i I just was concerned that she wasn't getting mis uh, misinformation from doctors and you know trying to force her to take the test or force her to get the vaccine and things like that so a lot of my anxiety came from that as well. Right. So before we, we, we still got a lot more to cover, but Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, can you tell us a little bit about how the lockdown has affected you? Hmm. For me, I was, it was more like an emotional roller coaster. Not so much because we got locked down because I'm kind of a homebody anyway. So, the most I missed about going out was going out to eat and going to the movies instead of just staying home watching movies all day. That was really kind of it. But with the lockdown, you had the schools shut down. So I went from being at work all the time to now staying home and homeschooling. Yeah, that, so, that happened to a lot of people. Right. And now... Thankfully, I didn't lose my job. I had to take a leave of absence, but I I never been a teacher before, so <laughs> it was a little it was it was different. And so then I'm daycare shut down. So where I'm used to having, even though I'm I, if you know me, I have my kids all the time. So it's not like I drop my kids off and I just go party. But daycare was my break, so. Right. And they stopped going to daycare. So now I'm in the house with the kids 24-7. And really, I'm already in the house with the kids 24-7. So it felt like I became in the house with them 25-8. Like, I just mm-hmm. never got a break. They didn't go to school. They didn't go to daycare. I wasn't going to work. It was just, that's where most of my anxiety came from. Then it wasn't like, okay, well, come on, boys, let's go do this. We can't even go do nothing. Mm-hmm. We we really stuck in the house unless we just we started taking walks because it was like we just have to get out the house. Then it became mm-hmm. you know somebody's home y'all stay in here I'm going to take a walk like mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. give me something I'm going to the grocery store I found reasons to go to I gained weight because I found reasons to go to the grocery store right. <laughs> I didn't even need groceries I went and bought snacks because mm-hmm. I just wanted to get out the house and have. 10, 20 minutes by myself. Mm-hmm. So it was just, that was more so um, the hardest struggle for me. And then mm-hmm. being at work, I would say the pandemic was a plus for me. <laughs> because I was mm-hmm. in a position at the time where I was stressed out <laughs> at work. And we were getting slammed with people. 
And then they would have to be, I had to touch them. And the six feet rule don't apply at my job. So Mm -hmm. the mask came in handy. Like, Mm -hmm. so in my home life, the pandemic was like turning everything upside down. In my work life, I was grateful for the pandemic. Okay. So that's why I say it was a it was an emotional roller coaster because when I was at work before I took my leave of absence, I was doing fingerprints. So I was touching people. I was in close quarters with people. I was I already wanted a mask. I already wanted to not have to right gloves. I want here put the sanitizer on. I was already doing that stuff. So then it became mandated, and I was like, yes. (laughs) Then I came home. For my leave of absence and became mommy teacher and everything that shut down now i have to do it at home mm-hmm. and so thank god i was on a leave of absence because i wouldn't have been able to handle going to work and doing that so for anybody who had to go to work and do that more power to you because i couldn't have done both right it just wasn't gonna happen well can you say um it seems more like you were overwhelmed mm-hmm. with your home life, having to be with young children because you have young children. Mm-hmm. And so having to be with young children, mm-hmm. I was 25, 25, eight, eight. <laughs> I would say tough. it was definitely overwhelming. And I think it was more so overwhelming because what happened was they were at school and I was at work. And so I ended up leaving work, went to the store, and it was like a Tuesday. I went to the store, and I noticed that the store seemed to be more packed than usual on a random Tuesday. Like, why is everybody here? And I don't remember if it was a holiday or something, because I feel like I left work early. So, and everybody was getting tissue. And I'm like, why is Hmm. But it didn't, I hadn't been following the news or anything, so I didn't know what was going on. It just seemed very ironic. Like, right, right. (laughs) Why is everybody here on a Tuesday? And why is, it's like it didn't hit me, all the tissue was gone. I don't even know Mm. why, because I wasn't there for tissue. So it didn't hit me. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I get home, and my phone rings. And he's like, babe, I think they're about to shut the schools down. I said, for what? He was like, you didn't hear? I'm like, no. What do you mean? And he told me, Governor DeWine is talking about shutting down schools and daycares because of the coronavirus. And they were getting ready to go on spring break. So I'm like, why would they do that? Okay, well, we'll see. I'm pulling in the driveway. Okay, we'll see. And then literally the next day, the next day, they said, we won't be returning to school after spring break. Because of the coronavirus, it's then a third, blah, blah, we'll keep you updated. So I had no time to adjust to having to stay home. It was like, so what am I supposed to do now? And I think that has been the biggest problem in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. People didn't have time to adjust to anything. There was no notice. It was your life changed immediately. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Pulling in the driveway. Wow. It changed. And I was like, so now what? And so luckily I was going into being off for the next few days. So I was like, okay, well, we got the first couple days covered. Then 
Okay, they were getting ready to go to spring break anyway, so I got spring break covered. And then daycares had to shut down. So where I thought I had spring break covered, I didn't. Wow. So I was like, okay, so now what? Yeah, Mm -hmm. people's lives were uprooted, (laughs) you know, and I don't think that we'll ever go back to the way it was. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even think that we can. So, Vanessa... Let's let's move on and kind of talk about we understand that it has affected you. It you lost from what I remember, you lost your job. Mm-hmm. And then actually I had two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a double whammy for me. <laughs> right. So you were among the, the many millions who mm-hmm. ended up losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, you lost your apartment, which yes. now uh, we're we're understanding they illegally put people out of the building. Yes, yes, yes. I, so let's, yeah, let's was, talk about how that those moments in time, if we can go back to those moments in time, can you kind of help us understand what you were thinking? thinking and what you were feeling in those moments. And the reason why I ask you that is because what I'm learning about depression and anxiety is that a lot of people don't even recognize that they're in that bubble. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if we can begin to paint a picture for them, then they can say, you know, light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. That was me. Mm-hmm. That is me. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So that's why I'm kind of asking you if you if you don't mind to mm-hmm. take that moment when those things, when your life seemed to have turned completely upended, upside mm-hmm. down. What were you thinking? Where were you in your in your head and in your heart? Um well, in my head, I I was I think what the what my uh, some of my anxiety came from at that time was coming to the realization that this wasn't just going to be a short term situation, and as Jeffrey spoke or earlier, I wasn't prepared for that. You, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, me amongst a whole lot of other people, but I wasn't prepared for that. You know, I'm thinking, okay, it's not going to last long. You know. And then as as time went on, I started getting more and more frustrated because we were getting so much back and forth information. I just kind of felt like I was in this uh, wind tunnel. You you know what I'm saying? I I just was like, okay, so what do we do? What do we do? Um, And then more of my anxiety appeared because it seemed like we, the people, were the ones that were really taking the beating. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it took me forever to get my unemployment and, you know, people, you know, there wasn't hardly any assistance out there. And if it was, you know, it was 10 zillion people trying to call this one number. And, you know, so it started turning into frustration, which then turned into anger for me because I felt like this was nobody's fault. But we are the ones that's losing everything and suffering behind it. I started feeling real 
uh, I don't want to say hopeless because I, I, I don't I didn't feel hopeless. I just felt like I had no control over the situation, um, which made me anxious because I don't like that feeling in any aspect of my life. I mean, I know God is always in control, but we have a certain amount of control of ourselves as well in our life. And so by me feeling like everything was spinning out of control and there was nothing that I could do about it, it turned into depression. It, I started feeling like, oh my God, you know, I don't have any control over this. It's like they're controlling everything and, 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 and I don't have it, you know? And so I tried to do everything that I could, you know, to maintain myself throughout, but you know, it just got worse and worse and I kept falling more and more behind and, you know, and people like my uh, leasing um, office, they didn't want to work with me. And, you know, just like it would life became so much harder, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I had that feeling of, you know, anger, frustration. Um, I was irritable. Um, we We had been doing the six feet apart thing for so long that, you know, that started to bother me because doing a time like this is when everybody should come together, you know? Right. And so I started mm-hmm. getting feeling alone, you know, I mean, yeah, you could talk to your people on the phone, but there's nothing like that face to face eye contact. If somebody needs a hug, you can hug them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I kind of felt like, you know, we were being isolated from each other, you know, and I'm a total social person. So it really bothered me not to be able to be around my family, be around my friends. Um, there were people that I knew that were like in um, nursing homes and things like that, that I couldn't go and see and check on them. And, you know, just that whole feeling of not being in control of anything took a toll on me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mm-hmm. one, one of the things that you just said, which is so apropos, is that, not in control. Mm-hmm. People were not in control mm-hmm. of, and we're used to being somewhat in control. Mm-hmm. I can control this. I'm able mm-hmm. to control if I'm on if I'm at work on time. I'm able to control when I pick up my kids. I'm able to control. There are things that we can control in our life, and this period of time has taken most people out of the realm of being in control of anything Mm -hmm. because from one moment to the next, we had no idea what was happening because a, our government continued to lie to us. And Mm -hmm. I don't care. And in the very beginning, I didn't think they were lying. I, I thought it was a situation where no one knew, no one understood. And as we are now beginning to learn, excuse me, As we are now beginning to learn, not only did they know, but it was planned. Mm -hmm. And now that is going to bring about a sense of frustration and anger from most people that we've, the likes of, we've never seen. Mm -hmm. As people become more aware that you took me in out of a, you, you placed me in a position where I felt 
I had no control of anything in my life. My life was upended. My family was upended. My situation was upended. And now I'm having to start over and dig myself out of a hole that you purposely put me in. Mm -hmm. People are going to come unglued. Mm -hmm. And then, Jeffrey, if you could speak to the fact that, you know, when you are with your children, 24, five, eight, (laughs) and you feel like that. And especially when they're young children, then we started seeing an uptick in what? Domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Yes. I can personally, not personally attest to it as a victim or anything, but just because of where I work. Within the first, because I came home March something, end of March, and I didn't go back until May. And when I went back, first of all, not even just that, when the whole thing first started, before they even officially shut us down, the spike in domestic violence had went up. It was just like hearing that there was an unknown disease around spiked domestic violence. I don't even know why. Maybe because people starting to get scared to go around people. I don't know. But... It was ridiculous. And then when I went back in May, it was almost like everybody was coming in for domestic violence. And mm-hmm. at first we were joking. And it was like, oh, you realize you don't like those people as much as you thought. Or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got to spend mm-hmm. more time with them now. You ain't out doing you no more. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that person irritating you. And it was a joke right. until we really sat back and looked at how many people we really booking in for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And before, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I was gonna say, be, and before a lot of them was, I ain't even hit him, I ain't even hit her, I didn't. We was just arguing. That stopped. Mm-hmm. Y'all really was over there fighting because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I talk to people, so they'll tell me like, no, it wasn't even like that. They they arrested us because when they came, we were still arguing, and they was pretty much like somebody got to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, when they show up to a domestic violence call, they have to take somebody. Generally speaking, right. they take the person who's more aggressive at that moment. So you mm-hmm. could be the one that called. But if when they show up, you still MFing the next person over and you all hype, you're going to be the one to go to jail, even though you didn't put your hands on anybody. So mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, it was, you know, I didn't put my hands on nobody. I didn't. And then that stopped. And it was like, you know, what that, that wasn't even right. Well, where's this person? Why are they not here? Oh, so y'all were fighting. Do you think that some of that comes from when we are able to control many aspects of our life, then we don't feel the need to control what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, when you feel like everybody has taken the control from you, especially for men, the control was taken away from you. You couldn't control anything. You couldn't control your job. You couldn't control your money. You couldn't control your household. You couldn't control anything. And so Mm -hmm. you felt out of control and you felt hopeless. And so what did you do? You reached out and you began to control what was in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that was her. Yep. And then you also have children. Right. And then you, you have that because that is a lot of times what happened because they feel like they don't have control over anything else. They need to have control of something. Right. So 
um there's that but then you also have um now everything is closed i don't have anywhere to go i don't have anything to do i don't have anybody else to talk to these people scared i can't go over their house i can't do the liquor store is not they shut you know i don't i all my vices that i would use i can't go to the casino i can't go so now you get you're just in the house and it's almost like being in a jail cell but instead Mm -hmm. of in a jail cell you're in your own home so you would think that's more comforting unless you're a person who's used to being able to go and do and be and I don't have to be around you all day, every day. It's like if you're around somebody for, you know, a couple hours a day, you wake up, hey, and all right, see you later. And then you're gone for eight hours a day. By the time that eight hours is over, you come home, you miss that person because you've been gone for eight hours. Mm-hmm. If this is your routine every day and then overnight, that's no longer your routine. Right. Now, right. the first couple of days is cool. Even being home, the first couple of days, I was cool. Cool. I stay home, be with my kids mm-hmm. all day. We can watch movies. We can do this. We can do that. I was happy. And then it was like, I started getting irritated. Mommy, 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 mommy. It was like, Jesus, I just want to change my name. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I just call somebody else, ask somebody else. Like, and it's the same thing with adult interaction. For the first couple of days, it's cool. You find something to do. You watch movies. You you cuddle. You do whatever it is you're going to do. And then after a while, you get tired of looking at that person. Right. <laughs> you can only and do so much it's... DIY at home. Let's paint the wall. Like, I'm tired of right, looking at these right. white walls. Let's go paint it. Let's, <laughs> let's do something. Let's garden. Let's, and by the time you look up, everything done and you don't have nothing else to do, you're like, okay, I'm tired of you. The way you're blinking is getting on my nerves. Right. <laughs> I don't even like the way you're standing right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know yeah. you eat every day. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> you be in the bathroom too long. You know, just any old thing. Right. But, you know, I think, too, that what to add to that, you know, especially for men with, you know, that have a family, they had children and their, their wife. You know, as you know, in the beginning, like you said, it probably was cool. Like, okay, yeah, you know, we could just chill, you know, for a little bit. But as time went on, you know, the breadwinner of the family or the man of the house Mm -hmm. started to realize that, wow, I may not be able to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay these lights? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Johnny's college tuition is due. How am I going? And so with that pressure, okay. They they have no one else to take it out on because we couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, and and the same for women, single mothers. You know that were forced to you know face that plus the fact of you know being a teacher. You know and trying to make sure your kids stay educated enough so that they won't fall behind. So there's pressure because it was not only a lot of domestic violence; it was a lot of child abuse as well. Okay, right. because I don't know about you, Jeffy, but when me and your mama was coming up, we had the kind of parents where if they was helping us with our homework and they said, well, how much is two plus two? You better only say five once. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you know, that ain't no five, you know, and you know mm-hmm. how our parents were, at least my mother. She, she was like that. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have the patience to be 
teaching me math and teaching me this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of child abuse as well. Yep. And um, it, I, I felt bad for the children because, you know, the only release they do have is playing outside with their friends or mm-hmm. the interaction they have in school and gym. And re- you can't keep kids locked up like that. Right. You know. So, yeah, the, the violence in the home really became bad after they started dragging this out month two, month three, month mm-hmm. six, right. you know, and then the fact that it was so hard to get the assistance that they kept saying was out there, you know, right. um, that that was very frustrating for a family or a husband when he doesn't, the car note is due tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, mortgage is due in two days. Um, you know, and things like that. And it, it just really was an escalated situation all the way around. And the fact that they had us locked inside like that, they, to me, I feel they knew what they were doing. You know, oh, I absolutely. think there's this, yeah, there's this thing where they don't want us to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, social, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they're doing things to keep people divided. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, they, it kept people um, angry at each other because of the different opinions about the the, the virus. Because you had some people saying, oh, uh, it ain't all that, you know, you have those people. Then you had the people that were like, oh, my God, we're all going to die. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And so you couldn't even have a conversation with certain people, you know, because of the differences of opinion and the families falling out because of it. And it was just like a snowball effect. Right. You know, and that's where my frustration came in, because I kept saying, like, if I had to make business calls to for payment plans or it it just became a snowball effect for me, you know, because all of I I enjoy life, you know, all of the facets of it. And like I said, I just felt I started getting to that really um, dark place. You know, I mean, we're over a year into this. And I would say probably I mean, Mm -hmm. I was feeling a certain type of way, but. I think like when the beginning of this year came, well, I'll tell you what, when, when, after the election <laughs> is when, <laughs> you know, my mental state in this whole lockdown thing, lockdown thing just became enormous, you know, because every day right. I'm saying to myself or even saying out loud, you know, why is it that we have to be the ones to pay? Why are the people suffering? You know, you call and try to get assistance or you talk to a company to make arrangements. They're not being lenient. And I found myself t- saying to them, I don't understand why we are going through this. Why, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is the people paying for this? Mm-hmm. So um, and then it just, you know, got darker and darker, you know. And um, but thank God, you know, mm-hmm. for my good friends um, like Dina, you know, and, and a couple of people that's in my circle that, you know, really helped pull me through it. And, and, and had to remind me of who exactly is in control. And I started to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. calm down and know that, you know, God said he was not going to put anything on me that we I can't bear, you know. So I had to kind of like turn right. myself around. Um, I wasn't able to do therapy or anything like that because I couldn't afford it because um, I wasn't working. So I just kind of had to rely on, you know, God pretty much in his word right mm-hmm. now l- ladies what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna do is give you uh one more minute to 
give up any final words on this session. We usually like to do 30 minutes Black Talk listeners. And so uh, we'd like to kind of keep it to that. We we go over from time to time and, and um, we absolutely need to go over on this one. But what we're going to do is break it up in two sessions. So ladies, we're going to continue, but we're going to continue for our listeners. It will be part two of this session of Black Talk when we're talking about the effects of the lockdown and the pandemic. And again, before we go um, from this first session, if there is anybody who is in crisis or anybody who knows anybody in crisis, please take this number down. It is 1-800-273-8255. That is a crisis hotline center that is available to anyone who needs it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Ladies, I will give you the last word. If you have any last and final words on this round, and then we'll continue on part two. And on part two, we are going to talk about how we as humans are social um, We're social animals and we were not created right. to be an island. Any final words? Um, no, I was just going to say that when she geared into where she had to start leaning on God, I realized that during this pandemic, I found myself crying a lot. Not because I was stuck in the house, not because, you know, like I said, that was that's something totally different. But I didn't find myself as depressed over being stuck in the house as I was about not knowing I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, you know, the government was playing so many games. They, they were talking about the disease was killing us. We weren't going to be able to do this. We weren't going to be able to do that. I was hearing, you know, God coming back. And I just was like, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to see my kids grown. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to go yet. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> it has changed a lot. <laughs> and I just found myself crying so much. But the pandemic, to for me, that's that emo- emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster I was talking about because I found myself actually getting closer mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. And I found myself praying a lot more, crying out to him a lot more, and just begging him to just talk to me so I can mm-hmm. know what's going on. I need right. to know, guide me so I know that we'll be okay. And so as scary as it's been, as anxiety and depression field as it's been it's also been a blessing because it made me sit down and get more serious about mm-hmm. my spirituality mm-hmm. amen so it's been like i said an emotional roller yeah, coaster <laughs> it definitely was right it definitely is any 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 final words from you um, Vanessa? well i just want to say you know uh just to um kind of pulled off of uh, what Jeffrey just said, you know, it's, it's, you know, coming to the realization that, you know, things happen for a reason. I'm sure there is a reason for this. Um, uh, one thing probably would be uh, humility, knowing that, you know, we could be taken out at any second for whatever, you, you know what I'm saying? And it, it just mm-hmm. gave me like a more of appreciation for life. You know, because it just that quick, our lives changed in the blink of an eye, you know. 
So it was just mm-hmm. really important, you know, to get through the darkness and seeing the glass half empty and start seeing it half full, you know, because I, I know people that passed away, you know, um, from, from Corona. And, um, you know, I'm, I'll just say thank you, you, you know, because it could have been me, you know. Um, so, yes. yeah. Yeah, I just think it, it, it did bring some people together for closeness. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And my final word to our listeners is simply this. What God says about depression, we go to Proverbs twelve twenty-five, And he says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I believe it. it. Yeah, it causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. Right. Right. If you are going through depression, some things you have to lean on. And so a good word would simply be the Lord is your shield. Mm -hmm. God is near to the brokenhearted. The Lord will renew your strength. We have to pick up the word of God in times like this. Because it is the only thing that will keep you grounded. Mm-hmm. It is his word. Mm-hmm. So one last time, ladies, that number for anybody who needs it is 1-800-273-8255. We thank you for listening to this episode of Black Talk 